welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. Today, I am chatting with Sarah Line. She is one of the owners of the Ivy brand, which I recently came across on Instagram just a few weeks ago, and I loved their mission and what they were creating, and I really wanted to bring her on to speak a little bit about her journey into the creation of this brand and company and share about what they are trying to offer for those that attend their trips and events and the things that they put on, and I'm really excited to have her on here today to share a little bit more about her story and the Ivy brand with all of you. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Really excited to be here. So Sarah, I would love for you to just kind of give a little bit of backstory behind the Ivy brand and what led you into the creation of this company and your vision with um, what you have created. Yeah. Um, So, you know, everything, everything starts I think even before we realize that it starts, right? There's things that we all have deep inside of us where they just, they're not happening yet, but you you just know in your gut that something's going to happen at some point in your life. And I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood feeling this way. Like there's a purpose I'm here. There's a reason. And sometimes I feel like we can put so much pressure on ourselves that it has to be like this huge thing because it felt huge inside of me. And I just had no idea what that was. So as I grew up, uh, you know, I always thought I was going to do humanitarian stuff. I started from the time I was really little, just really passionate about people. Just from the time I was little, I'd read stories about, you know, Mother Teresa and just different people around the world doing amazing things. And I just remember like, I was like this weird child. I was like nine and I was reading about martyrs in like India. And I don't even know, like, I just, I, I was fascinated by these people living such amazing lives. And so um, I always thought, well, oh, I'm going to do humanitarian stuff. And I just thought, I'm going to do that. So I, I learned like Spanish. I started going on mission trips, like anything that I could get my hands on. I started working at 14 years old and I'd save money. And I convinced this lady that was going to this Mexican prison to take me with her. And so I was like 14 years old in a Mexican prison, handing out tamales and like just chilling with people that had these amazing life stories. And it's like, how did you get here? And I just was like, fascinated by connecting with these people and hearing their stories from such different walks of life than mine and realizing how big and beautiful and complicated and messy the world is in a world that just talked about such surface level stuff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Mm -hmm. And it just never progressed. And so I just always was like, tell me about you. Tell me about everything. And I would just listen to people's stories and I loved it. But then as I grew up, I started realizing people need more than just conversation. They need practical things. And so, um, you know, a lot of places I would go, they're in slums, they're living in cardboard boxes. Um, I was 17. I I volunteered for tsunami relief in Thailand. I turned 18 over there. um, And I remember coming across 
prostitution and it was sex trafficking that I heard about for the Mm. first time in my life. And back then there wasn't the internet and social media like there was now. So people just didn't know about it. Like they do now it's been a really hot topic, but I was 17 years old and I was doing tsunami relief. And I went to this, this bar to get a Coca-Cola at the end of the day. Cause it's like the hot season there and we're hauling cement and uh, just doing a lot of stuff. And I sat down at this with this girl at the bar and they know a little English. And so we were talking and she had been coming to the bars with her mom since she was a little girl and being sold for sex. And she was even younger than I was. And I, I remember like, it felt like my whole world just shifted in a whole new way. And I remember thinking, I can't live a normal life knowing that people are just living these, these lives. And I want to do more than have a white picket fence, have a nice retirement account, and then just exist and die. You know, I was like, that's just, I I wanted nothing to do with it. And so I came back Mm -hmm. and decided I wanted to get my business degree because I wanted to have people learn job skills. I wanted to give them a safe place to work. They're being raped and sold for sex and living out of cardboard boxes. And you can tell them all the nice things that you want. We love you or everything's going to be better. But at the end of the day, they just need someone to wrap their arms around them and say, I got you. And we're going to figure this out together. And so as, as I started moving forward in that, I, you know, I got my business degree, um, for that purpose, thinking I would be in another country somewhere doing this. And after I got my business degree, I got an opportunity to go to Thailand and work with a sex trafficking rescue organization called Destiny Rescue. And they needed someone to help with their business side of things. The girls that were rescued that were old enough to work needed employability skills, and they needed someone to help get these up and going. So I committed to a year over there, which was really the first time in my life, I think that I did something that I followed my gut 100%. Before that, I always had a little bit of people pleaser inside of me growing up in a religious home. You know, it's like you have the rules you follow, you are supposed to do good things, but don't do anything Mm. too crazy. You know, it's like, you're kind of felt like I was supposed to be kept in line. And I was a single mom at this point, I had been uh, divorced for about six months from my husband. I had a three and a five-year-old, a, a little girl and boy. And I got this opportunity to go to Thailand. And in my gut, I just, I had this peace. And I was like, this is my next step. This is what I'm supposed to do. And everyone's like freaking out. They're like, you're a single mom. Like you're supposed to be like, you know, buckling down and, and finding a plan and all this mm. stuff. And I just went, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what to do, but I know that I have to go. And at the time, my biggest concern was obviously my children. And so my brother, who is now my business partner, Steve, uh, he goes, you know, what if I come with you? I could be your, your manny, your man nanny while you're at work, like helping these kids. And I, I just started like almost crying and I got goosebumps everywhere. And I was like, yes, like this is right. Like when you take that step, like things just start falling in place. So he came with me and that was the start of our adventure of like, really understanding the world and how in practical ways we could start connecting people. So after we were there, you know, working with these people, I, I ended up coming back after a year, my year commitment and feeling just like, how can I continue to help? I, I felt like I had lost my meaning or my purpose because I wasn't actively involved. And so my brother and I sat down one day and we go, 
let's bring a team of people back to Thailand. Let's provide the money and the manpower to complete projects for these great nonprofits that we met. And let's help them out because things that they were always short of was manpower and money. At the end of the day, they're just trying to like keep their projects going. But a lot of times, you know, there were things that were falling apart or they really wanted that needed to further their vision, but they just couldn't get to it. And so we're like, let's support organizations that are doing amazing things and just like champion their cause because they're there. They know the, um, culture they know the people they know like the things that need to be done versus our own ideas or our own agendas coming in you know they they know the ins and outs and so we would go to them and say what is your top need and then they would tell us we say okay we're going to figure out how to fund this and we're going to bring people so we we actually started iv trips that way and so as i was putting together this trip as a as a humanitarian project uh we we just went man the people that would go on these trips would just bond in these amazing ways. Like complete strangers are suddenly being like, hey girl, did you poop yet? Do you want me to massage your stomach? Like, oh, hey man, you smell, here's some deodorant. You know, like just connecting in these really like just instant ways and, and having so much fun and laughter and just discovering each other and being like, why are you here? I wanna hear your story. How did you end up on this humanitarian trip? And we started realizing that travel was actually one of the greatest tools that we've ever found for connecting people. And then the second thing that we found with leading these trips is a lot of times in our day-to-day, -day, people get in these ruts. And some people call them routines and they're comforting at, you know, to a certain extent and you need them to function. But at a certain point, it's almost a rut that can, you, know, you surround yourself with so many things that are comfortable or known. And when you're out of that rut, whether it be a humanitarian trip or just exploring somewhere new or having new experiences, which we, we love to call adventure. So the thing that we found is that adventure really fuels your soul in a way that travel doesn't. You know, when you're kind of getting that adrenaline, your brain is operating on a different level than when you're just kind of looking at things. We, we love to be a part of, and we found that we're really good at that adventure piece just naturally. And a lot of people didn't know how to do that, but they wanted it. So I like to always say that Travel feeds your brain, which is important, right? But adventure fuels your soul and it just kind of lights this fire. And we found that when people are having this adventure or even travel, you're out of your rut. And this is really a golden opportunity is what I call it. To, you know, we, we surround ourselves with such comfortable things, especially as Americans. We, we come up with every little thing we can think of to be comfortable and happy. And we just surround ourselves and we don't even realize at the end of the day how much we have and how much we've done to be comfortable until we don't have it and we're uncomfortable. And then how do you handle that? How do you use that to help you grow? How do you use that to challenge you? How do you use that to like observe your life? So on our trips, one of the things that we always love to do is just talk to people about their purpose. And we believe that travel is a tool that can really be used to empower people in their purpose and used as a catalyst because more than anything, we want people to feel like they belong and that they have a, a purpose here because we genuinely believe that everyone is here for a reason. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was used to think, oh, we're here for this, this big reason. But when it came down to it through this, this winded, twisted, crazy journey of my life, it just started being like taking what's in front of you every opportunity that you can 
and doing something with it and doing something beautiful. And it might just be little, but those moments, they add up and they start accumulating into what you're passionate about. So as I grew up, I was just think I was going to be a missionary or, you know, doing humanitarian work somewhere. And now I own my own company, but I get to show others how to do that. But not even through just our humanitarian trips. We do offer those humanitarian trips, but then we just offer regular adventures. And we use that time to just show people a great time to, to use it to connect with others because I think there's such a lack of connection and just that surface level. We want to break through that and just have people connect and feel like they belong. And then we just use that opportunity to be like, you know, when you're going back to your life, what is the thing that you're looking like, not looking forward to what's draining your soul, what's draining your energy. And then we encourage people take a look at that and reevaluate your life. And what adjustments do you need to make? And so it's kind of been this, just like the slow progression of our life's work, where everything just kind of came together and it made sense to lead these adventures for people. It's, it's stuff that we're good at. It's stuff that we're passionate about and really just taking it a step further than just ordinary travel and really using it as a tool and getting people to see it as a tool. Wow. That's such an amazing backstory to what led you to the creation of the Ivy brand. And what I love is just when you were talking about as a young girl that you felt this purpose within yourself and like this feeling of knowing that you were here for a specific reason. And I think that that's so powerful because I truly believe that. I think each of us have been put on this earth to serve a specific purpose and reason. And it's hard sometimes when we get sidetracked by the outside voices and to really like feel like we are living that purpose out and to feel connected with um, our passions and who we are. And what I think is so inspiring is that you are working to create a space for people that maybe are not feeling like they're living out their purpose. And so you're taking them on these adventures to help people to feel power in their purpose and rediscover what that is because maybe they've lost sight of that along the way. I think that it's so easy to lose sight of it. There's advertisements screaming at us all the time. There's our jobs, there's the daily demands, and it can be overwhelming to feel like you're not enough, like you need to do more. And all of that just creates this almost like a panic inside, or at least it did for me until you really just like focus on that alignment of your life and and focusing on what really makes you feel alive versus all of the things that you quote unquote should do. And just running towards those things that, that spark that life and that energy inside of you, like Marie Kondo, right. But for your soul, like just drop, like I just really started paying attention to energy, energy around me, what drains me, what gives me life. And I think that that will guide a lot of people in the direction that you're supposed to go because your, your body and your brain and your soul, they know things that, that you don't. And so to listen to it. That's such a powerful reminder to really listen to what our bodies and minds are telling us because our culture and our society kind of puts this pressure on of just like, keep on going, check off your to-do list, get your tasks done. And like, kind of as you were talking about in the beginning of, you know, you go to work, you do your job and, you know, that's just kind of what you do. And I love that you spoke to how you felt like you were meant to do more and you lean into that because 
I loved how you were saying you were offered this opportunity to go to Thailand and you felt it in your gut that it was just like you had to go, but there was this people pleasing side of you that kind of, I think it's like that voice in the back of our head that we all have of like, whether it's our own voice or it's other people's voices coming through our own thoughts of like, you should do this. You need to do this. And it's really hard to move past that. And I'm curious, you know, what allowed you to make that decision and really take that leap of faith of trusting your gut? (laughs) That, um, that really came from going through my divorce. Um, and I realize that's not an opportunity everyone gets. <laughs> and I do see it as an opportunity. Um, one of the most painful, difficult things in my life. Again, you can, you can look at it two ways at life, right? Like, okay, there's this terrible thing that could be traumatizing and it was, and it can be really negative. But when I look at those times and I chose to dig in a little deeper and to not compromise in the choices I made, not to take the easy way, but what I felt was right. I look back at that in the growth and the wisdom and the, the power that I found within myself that came out of that was really something I would never trade for the world. And so uh, just through a lot of my childhood, like I mentioned with, with, with religion, again, like I'm, I'm a believer in higher power and I'm a religious person myself, but just the, the environment that I was brought up in felt a lot more like you walk this line and you don't, you don't do certain things that look crazy. And until then, like, and then I got a divorce and that was definitely not walking along the line that was crossing it. And so I think by naturally I crossed that line. And then after I did that and realized I was okay, it made me start to go, wow, like maybe there are other things that I should be doing to make my life better that maybe are crazy, but I have to follow that, that voice or that gut. Um, And so I started making little choices, you know, here and there. And I still will listen to people around me. I think that's really important to listen to people that love you and support you, but you weigh it. And what I started doing was following the peace inside of me and it would never let me down. And I started testing it in little ways, just little ways here and there. And it wasn't like all of a sudden these massive things that I was making these crazy life choices. I started testing. How does this feel? Do I sleep well at the end of the night? Do I have peace even when it doesn't make sense? You know, like when I decided to move my kids to Thailand with me, a single mom to volunteer for a sex trafficking organization, even saying it now, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But it wasn't what I was thinking. It was what I was feeling in my gut and it was peace. And I found that whenever you follow that peace, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. And the mental image that I always associate that is a storm, you know, like a a hurricane and it's crazy all around you and it's swirling and there's, there's so much chaos, but if you are in the center of that storm, there's peace. And so I always Mm. follow that peace and that energy. And I, yes, like circumstances are important and yes, you have to weigh them. But at the end of the day, like, I want to just love people. I want there to be peace. I want 
I want good things to happen. I want to create connections. I want to create opportunities. And those are the things that give me energy and peace. And it looks different on a day-to-day basis, but whatever that looks like, the answer is always yes. That's one thing that we say a lot at Ivy is like, just say yes. A lot of people think it frozen with wondering what the right thing is to do. And you can go, you can talk yourself out of a lot of things by saying, oh, it doesn't make sense. It's not conventional. It's not the right timing. It's not this, it's not that. And you stay frozen and stuck. And I think that a lot of people have these things deep inside of them. Like I did, like you have this passion and this purpose, but you feel stuck. And so how do you get unstuck? You know, and that's, that's the big question. And it's, you can't steer a ship that's not moving. It's, it's, you can, but it's very hard. (laughs) And so my thing is move move forward, make mistakes. It's okay. Take away the fear of failing and surround yourself with people that are giving you grace for failing. I think there is such a powerful opportunity in failing that we've really removed from America in our comforts. Failing is uncomfortable. It just is. It's not fun. I hate failing, but it is one of the best things you can do is just say, you know what, even if you fail, you're trying, even if you fail, you're going to learn something from that. Even if you fail, you have people in your life that love you. And if you don't, that's, that's where you need to start. It's so true. Like failure just causes us to freeze. And this idea that like, if we fail, it's like the worst thing that could happen to us, but really there's so much beauty and failure. And I loved exactly what you were saying of just like, even if you fail, you tried. Even if you failed, you learned about yourself, right? And so I think that's such a great reminder of like, if we have these opportunities that are presented to us, or there's something within ourselves that we feel like we need to go after, like lean into that. Don't, don't stand there frozen, but go after it. And if you fail, then that's okay. You're going to learn from that opportunity. And I'm a big believer of, you know, don't let yourself look back on your life. Like, what if I had done this? What if I had gone on that adventure? What if I had gone on and taken that job? You know, like you don't want to live your life and look back at all these what ifs. Instead, it's like, you want to look back and be like, I did that. Or I tried that versus like being stuck in that frozen state. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because like growing up, it's like, you, and even in my career, you know, I worked at employee benefits insurance and like there's financial advisors and they have all these rules, these marks where you're supposed to be in life. And it drives me crazy because I'm like, I will, I will just never put that much importance. You can always make money. You, but even if you don't like, literally we all die anyway. Like Mm -hmm. there's, it doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. And there's been so many studies, even amount of money, doesn't equate to happiness. So we know that happiness is really this journey that we're on. And I think just letting go of all these supposed tos and doing these want tos and these passion tos and these, you know, just living this vibrant life where you can't lose. I just feel like Mm -hmm. I really think that's true. As long as you have this great attitude about life you might have some down days. You might have some days where it feels like nothing's going right. And you, you know, you rest and you get up and you, and you go again. And that is living and that's life. And I, I just want to live mm-hmm. that vibrant life. And I want others to feel that vibrancy and even those lows, because that is what true living is versus kind of living in this, this state of 
I don't want to say mediocrity because I don't want anyone to feel like they have to do something for their life to be great, but, but just living their life, truly living their life is great. Mm, yes. I agree with all of that wholeheartedly of, I think, you know, what you're talking about is like living your life in this like high vibration of yourself, right? You're like living it out as who you are versus like who you're supposed to be. Because I think that's where we like get stuck in kind of a rut sometimes is when we feel like, well, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm working that nine to five job or I'm making the money. And then we still aren't feeling fulfilled in our lives. And we're not feeling that high vibration that you're talking about, Sarah. And I think it's, it's just asking yourself, you know, am I showing up to my life in the way that I want to be showing up? And if your answer is no, okay, well then what needs to shift for me to feel that high vibration that Sarah's talking about and to truly live? Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I look back on that really impacted me in that way was I was, I was doing sound booth for this women's retreat. Like, I don't even know why I ended up there, but I was there. And this lady gets up and says, I'm going to have you all do an exercise. And like the rebel inside of me is like, okay, here we go. You know? And, but she goes, I want you to write your eulogy. And I want you to live it where there's nothing's impossible, write everything that you would want to do and be remembered for and make you feel fulfilled and, and just don't limit anything. Nothing's impossible. And I remember writing that eulogy and I started crying and I probably even get choked up now because it was just like this, this desire where I was like, finally able to actually write it down and to dream it without anyone being like, Oh, nope, that's not possible. Or Sarah, how are you going to do that? Or like all those questions, even that my own mind would self that self doubt and that self talk where it's just, no, nothing's impossible. Let's let it out because that's where your passion is. And I think so many times we just talk ourselves out of it. Like, no, it's too much. It's too big. It's too scary. It's too, whatever you put your label on it's just too much. And to, to remove that and just say, no, this is like, this is my vibration. This is who I am at my core. This is who I want to be at my core. And how do I align myself with this so that every decision I make lines up with who I want to be, who I want to be remembered for. And that's what I call alignment. And that's how I got rid of a lot of that noise around me is when I was able to just weep because I finally felt like I knew myself without those other voices, if that makes sense. What a powerful, a powerful thing that that woman was able to provide you. And I'm sure like when she said it, it seemed like, what, like, what are we doing? And then (laughs) you start to do it and you lean into it and you really envision, you know, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to speak about you after you've lived your life? And there's so much power in that. And, you know, when, as you're talking about the self-doubt and the self-talk, I think that is a lot of times what goes back to that frozen state that a lot of us can find ourselves in is we get stuck there because we tell ourselves why we can't do that thing or why we can't take that opportunity, whatever it is. And I think it's so powerful that 
you were saying how when you dove into this opportunity of, you know, writing your own eulogy, it really helped you to realign and move past that self-doubt and self-talk because I think, you know, when you write that about yourself of how you want to be remembered, it's like, well, then what is stopping you, right? Why, why are my voices inside my head stopping me from creating that life? I, I need to move past that. And it's a really inspiring space to be in when you can just kind of step back and be like, wait, I'm holding myself back from aligning with my vision for my life. And now I am in the seat. I know I'm in the powerful seat to make that decision, to move past that self-doubt and self-talk and to move into action, the things that need to happen for me to live out that vision of my life. A hundred percent. And I think one of the things as like a doer that I struggle with is I want it all to happen right now. Or I think like, I have to have it all figured out to really crush it. And that was one of the things too, that I just, I had to go, wow, this is big. And I started just going, I'm just going to take the opportunities in front of me. Again, this lady, like saying this hokey things, I I'm a pretty like determined person. And there, the number of things where I've been like, well, that's dumb, but then I do it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I just, I've wrote so many things off that I've now gone back and going, gosh, I thought I knew so much. <laughs> and you know, and then I do this hokey exercise and I'm bawling and I'm like, what else have I misjudged? What else can I try that I just need to reevaluate what I think I know? Because clearly that wasn't working. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. So it's like, you get to this point where it's like, you know what? I need to like humble myself and just try these, these things, you know? Another example, I was just in Alaska doing a recon trip for uh, next year. We're going to lead uh, some groups out there. And I always go ahead and I, I figure out the best places to go and I find great places to eat. And I do like a million hikes so that I can narrow it down to like my favorite one so that everyone can just experience the best trip, the best flow. It's like really the best job in the world. Right. Mm. So I was in Alaska doing that and I have bad knees or I've always thought I've had bad knees because when I've led some hikes before, like at the end, my knees are just stabbing pain. Now my husband this year picked up my birthday gift and it was walking poles. And I was like, dude, that's for like old people. And I just thought they look so stupid. They're definitely not cute. (laughs) Like they're cumbersome but he got them for me. So, you know what? I'm going to try it. I would have never thought I would have never gone out and bought myself poles, but you know, this is the beauty of community around you and people speaking into your life with their insight and their wisdom. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring these poles. Normally after a nine or 10 mile hike, my knees are shot and I have to take a couple days off. I hiked 87 miles in eight days. We hiked so much. And I had a few little twinges and that was it. These poles saved the whole trip. And they were, you know, 30 bucks, that, that $30 solution from my really sweet husband completely changed the future of how I'm able to do these trips. And and it's just those things where you just think, gosh, that's stupid or that doesn't look right. And it's like, sometimes you do just have to have that that mind where you lean in a little bit, you move past the uncomfortable. Like it, it was weird at first carrying these poles around. It wasn't the most comfortable thing. It didn't look cool. It didn't feel cool, but it felt good. It felt right. And, and I felt like so powerful as I was using these because I was able to 
move into a new area of life that I haven't been able to for 10 years. I've been dealing with these bad knees. So, you know, sometimes it is just saying yes with what's right in front of you. And you never know what's going to unlock that next thing. And that's just a tiny, weird little example that I, it just hit me so hard when I was in Alaska, just going, if I would have done this 10 years ago, (laughs) if I would have just like, you know, maybe been a little more open, (laughs) but you can't go back. All you can do is move forward. And it was just another reminder, Sarah, just try those things. Keep saying yes, keep, keep pressing on and, and don't get stuck in your routine and you're comfortable in your, your Monday and always be reaching for that next thing. What it, okay. First off, I have to tell you, I, we don't have, I haven't used walking poles yet, but we used them one time. We borrowed them when we were hiking in Glacier and I'm telling you, when you are coming back down, it was like, yeah. it was such a game changer versus like, you're trying to like lean back, you know, when you're like going back down, uh, after like yeah. you've climbed to the peak and you're just putting so much pressure on your knees. But when we were using the poles that someone let us borrow, it helped so much. And so I relate exactly to what you're yeah. talking about a bit because you like think they're not going to be able to do that much for you, but they actually help relieve a lot of your weight bearing down onto your knee joints. So I, I do really, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the biggest thing. I was like, what? <laughs> Go get poles people for your next hike. Yes. Go get poles. <laughs> and they're so light. They're like, you they're think so they're going to be really heavy or something, but they're, they're so light. So that was just funny that you had said that. And I recently, I also had been like super anti using them until someone let us borrow them for our last trip. And yeah. I was like, okay, we should probably invest in these. It was kind of like yeah. when my husband, now husband, when we first started dating and we were hiking around, um, we wore tennis shoes all the time. And I was like, yeah, why would we ever need hiking boots? And then we went on our honeymoon and we were hiking in Switzerland and we had not invested in hiking boots yet at this point. And at the end of our trip, we, cause there were so many times we had slipped and stuff. We were like, we need to invest in hiking boots. And I'm telling you, if you are someone that goes hiking and you think there's not a difference between tennis shoes and a hiking boot, there is a huge difference between the two <laughs> and like investing in the hiking boot was well worth it. And it's made my ankles feel better. And just overall, I felt way more confident every time we go out on our trips. And it's like the littlest things that you feel like aren't going to make such a shift. And I kind of think there's a lot like of an analogy out of this of, you know, whether it's the poles or the shoes and things, and you're going on a hike, it's also the littlest things that you can do in your life that can really have a big impact, right? Like those little opportunities that come up, mm-hmm. what Sarah is talking about is say yes to those little opportunities. They might seem silly. They might seem like they're not going to make that big of an impact, but you might be actually really surprised in how they impact your life. Yes. hundred percent. And I think that that's even my journey. I look at the little shifts here and there, and it's this little winding, twisting, turning road that's led me to just the most beautiful views, the most beautiful things. And it's one step at a time. And I used to think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get up that mountain? And now I'm like, by just saying yes, I look back and I'm like, wow. I mean, I don't feel like I've, I've made it by any means because there's still a lot of life left in me. And so I, I think that's beautiful too. I'm so excited. I'm not there yet. You know, I'm so excited for those hard steps. I'm excited for any steps because that means like I'm living and you're right hiking boots girl <laughs> it's 
true. It's like the littlest things can make a world of difference in yep. whether it's hiking or just life in general. And I actually, yeah, I was like going to do a, I'm going to make a video for our Instagram followers on the three things you can do to make a big difference for your knees, you know, and it's, it's little things, but those three things together can shift your entire experience. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, be watching for that. One, Mm -hmm. one thing that I kind of wanted to loop back a little bit more is, as you were talking about you know, what allowed you to take that leap of faith and move to Thailand was, you know, navigating your divorce in this challenging situation. And, you know, you found that through that you grew and you recognized your wisdom and power within yourself. And I'm just curious, you know, rather than having that situation, you know, pull you back or hold you back, you used it as a catalyst in your life. And, how did you, how did you do that? Because I think sometimes a lot of us face these challenging situations and it's hard for us to see a way out. And I'm sure it was very challenging and there were a lot of emotions and feelings and things, but one of the things that you mentioned was just being able to really recognize how much you grew and the wisdom and power that you had. Mm. You know, it's so hard. I think people ask me a lot because I'm genuinely such a free person. I'm one of the happiest people that I know. And I'm not saying that in a way that's prideful or anything. I just, I freaking love life. I, I love peace. I love happiness. And I've, I feel like I've I found it. Not that there aren't hard days or days where you struggle or question. I think that's just life. But, you know, one of the things that I've always said, even while I was going through my divorce, there was a lot of emotions. Um, there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of things always said, keep your heart kind. And that was my biggest thing, you know, and it's you, your heart is a wild, wild thing and can easily lead you through ups and downs. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that it's a very powerful tool, but to really give yourself some space and grace that you don't have to make decisions now, feel it, process it. And when you're able to make a decision, like stay kind. And sometimes that does mean setting boundaries. Sometimes staying kind means being kind to yourself or setting boundaries so that you can remain kind and you're not constantly being hurt over and over again. So whatever space you need to get to, to where your heart is protected, that you're able to constantly be in a state of just of kindness and love. That's where I really tried to get to. And that's where I found a lot of peace. And that's where I found I was able to make a lot of decisions. Um, So I've got a lot of my life quotes as tattoos on my body. And one of my favorite ones is down my spine. And it says fearless because I wanted the backbone of every choice that I made to not be made out of fear. Because I think a lot of times when we make choices, it's out of fear, maybe fear that you're not enough, fear that you'll fail, fear that someone's going to take advantage of you fear that you can't control the situation. A lot of fear played into a lot of my decisions for so long. And when I started removing that fear and started like really coming from a place of love to myself and to others, it started helping me make these decisions. They were just so much easier because of what I was focusing on. So when I had this opportunity to go to Thailand, even in the midst of all this crazy stuff, like this was the choice that 
I had to remove fear out of because of what I was looking at doing that I knew that I wanted to make impact. I knew that I wanted to help people and I had the opportunity to, and I don't know, just that, that something inside of me just said, you have to take the fear out of it and and really focus on that lesson. And so I think that's one of the biggest things I can say is get your heart and your mind, like find that alignment in your life where you're able to get to a place where fear is not a determining factor for your choices. How, I'm just curious, how do you learn to remove that fear? Because sometimes what I think about is when a choice or an opportunity arises, I do, I do feel fearful. And, but I feel like I know I should go after it, but the fear still lingers. And so I'm just curious, how do you learn to remove that fear and reconnect with your heart center and alignment and your vision of how you want to live your life and to really recognize like, no, this is just fear speaking and it needs to be removed because this is actually like the next best thing for you. And it's what you need to do in your life kind of if that makes sense. Absolutely. And this is where we come back to the power of community. This is why we love bringing people together to connect. Where I would be without my community is exactly where I always was. Like, and I would say like, if you don't open yourself up to others, like you're never going to be more than just, you know, your, your fear is always going to rule you. And so I have people in my life that I've told my my vision to, they know who I am. They know who my soul is. They know what makes me feel alive. And I share that with a couple of my close people. And I really depend on my community. Um, my now husband at the time, when he heard that I was going to Thailand, when everyone else was freaking out, he goes, Sarah, this is what you were meant to do. He goes like, mm-hmm. I'm going to miss you. But he goes, I cannot wait for you to do this. And that's the kind of people you need in your life where he was scared for me. He was like, I mean, we were really good friends at the time. And, you know, he, he took all that aside because he goes, I recognize that this is what you need to do. And that actually helped me take the fear out of it for myself when there was that confirmation from others. And again, I think as you, you get better and better at this, you're going to lean on people a little bit less, but at first it's like, you really have to surround yourself with those people that say, yes, fly. How can I help you? How can I launch you? How can I help you build wings? You know, when, and whatever that looks like, I found that I had to restructure the way that I had done things and the patterns. Um, again, even with my family, great family. I, I love my family. I love my mom and my dad, but they were built for a different purpose than me. And so the way that they responded to my opportunities was how they would have responded. They couldn't put themselves in a position of how they could encourage me to respond. And so that was an area where I really had to go, wow, sometimes mom and dad don't know best, which is kind of counterintuitive because for so long of your life, they know best. Mm. And I think that family can be very powerful, but it can also be um, something where it can be stifling once you grow past that, if it's not in alignment with who you are. Now, some families, they're able to, you know, work through that. And I, I would say like, you have different layers and different circles of people. Sometimes you have your people that are there to encourage you in your purpose and, and take these risks, but those might not be the same people that comfort you when you fail or, you know what I mean? Like there, there's different 
people that you say, can, can I come to you? Or can you understand that this is a battle for me? And there's going to be times where I'm low. Can you pick me back up when that happens? Or mm. you know what? I tend to get stuck at these points. Can you help me like really brainstorm through this and get me seeing clarity or alignment in my life if I should make this decision or not? And, and I think that the people in our lives will be one of the biggest important factors in your life. And sometimes that means shifting your circles, which is extremely uncomfortable, extremely. Like there were some high emotions and tensions as I started shifting things and setting boundaries. And, you know, I, I try to do it in the best way possible. I love you. I respect you, but this is going to be something that, you know, maybe you're not a part of, or you just won't understand. And I'm okay with you not understanding it or agreeing with it or whatever that might be you know, it's kind of like reorganizing your, your room. At first you take everything out and it's like so messy and you're like, oh my gosh, this was a mistake. I should have just left it the way it was. But you know, you start putting things back in order and that's where the, really the power comes. It's a lot of work. It is so much work. It's so uncomfortable. There's going to be tears. There's going to be pain, but it's, it's just like working out. Like every time you go to the gym, like, why am I here? This sucks. I don't love working out. I love, I love hiking. I love doing that kind of stuff, but like at the gym, man, I'm like, but I do it so that I can go on these adventures and I can have these experiences. And it's just like that in life. Like it's worth the work at the end, but sometimes in the midst of it, again, you need those people. You need, you need that alignment and you need to get the right people in the right seat. Just like any company that you run, just like any organization, we all know bad managers people leave because of bad managers, right? Bad leaders, bad org, or they might not be bad, but they're just bad at that role. They might be great in another role, but they're in the wrong seat. Mm. You need to get people in the right seat in your life. Not what maybe you were born into. Like they got the job because they were the boss's son. You know, you're like, no, I need someone else in that seat in your own life. And you have control of that. Who's in what seat, no matter what you were born into, no matter what your circle is now, you can find those people. And when you find them, you hold on to them and you do the same for them. And together you rise. Mm. There are so <laughs> many, so many awesome things that you hit there. And I, I just kind of want to reiterate some of them. What I, one of the favorite, my favorite things that you just said was you know, surrounding yourself with people that want to launch you and they want to launch you into this life that you envision for yourself. And I think it's a really cool way of thinking about it as this restructure. It's a restructure within your life, just like a company restructures. They move people around into where they think they're best fit or they remove them from a seat. And it's really funny that you say, right, people are right seat. The company that I work for, we do EOS. And that's what it's all about is, is this the right person? Great. But is this the right seat for them? If it's not, then we need to figure out, okay, what is the right seat for them? And I think yep. when you look at your family and your friends, it's a that's a really unique way of looking at your life and figuring out how do you need a restructure to put people in the right seats around you so that they can best support you. And I relate a lot to what you're talking about of my passion and purpose is so different than each one of my family members. And we love each other and we support each mm -hmm. other, but we are all very different. And what fuels our fire is different from me, my sister, my brother, my mom, and my dad. And so 
as you were speaking, I felt so much of what you were talking about of sometimes family doesn't always understand. And I think what you're saying is such a great concept to think about of, okay, well then how can you set those boundaries in a respectful way so that those people can support you and love up on you, but in, in the right seat, in the right position so that you're not feeling like, you know, when you go to them for this idea or this opportunity, and then they're instantly putting their own fear or their own misunderstanding of why you want to do this opportunity. Or like for you, Sarah, like why you wanted to go to Thailand and maybe your parents not fully understanding that because for them, that wasn't their passion or their purpose in life. And I think everything you just said is just such a powerful, powerful way to look at the people around you and understand how can you create this really amazing community of people by placing them in the right seats around you and setting up those boundaries so that they can best serve you and you can come together. Yeah. Well, if you think about it like that, like your purpose and your passion are the end product. And anytime you want results, you have to have some sort of strategy. And I think in life, it's just so easy to go through life, through the motions, through the, we think the strategy is what people tell us we're supposed to do. We have a checklist. Okay. At this age, you should do this. At this age, you should do that. You should have your degree. You should have this much in savings. And so it's like, that's not a strategy though, for your passion, for your purpose. That's just something that people can honestly just make money on. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're there to make money. Everyone's selling something, but what you need to do is like, what is it that strategy for your life and just own it and, and, don't, don't just let it fall to the side and exist because at the end of the day, you're not going to get those results. If you don't put in that, that work and those hard conversations. So I'm curious with the adventures that you create at the Ivy brand and you bring people together, right? They're getting to connect and I'm assuming, and you can correct me if this assumption is wrong, that most of the people coming on these adventures don't already know each other. And I think that's such a unique opportunity to get to connect, especially as adults with these people that don't know us. And we can just really show up as ourselves. And I think there's so much power in that because when you surround yourself with people that don't know you, they don't have any backstory, any history, and you just get to show up authentically as you, there is probably so much power and learning that occurs on these adventures because the people around you see you, you know, living out your passion, trying new things, you know, going on that hike, achieving, you know, maybe going kayaking, whatever the adventure entails. And it's just, I think it's such a powerful thing to get to be in a setting like that and see so many people around you that you don't know doing these incredible opportunities. And I would love to just hear more from you about what that connection is like seeing these people come together and, you know, some of the experiences and learnings that people have about themselves from being a part of um, these opportunities that you provide. Yeah, it's wild. And we have so many people that won't even try to go on our trips because they're like, no, like it could be so bad. And it's like, yeah, but what if it's great? You know, like, yeah, it's like, if it's bad, it's like, it's a week of, you know, people you might not love, but we've actually never had a bad experience. It's amazing. I'm actually an introvert by nature. And at the end of every trip I crash, but I even love these as an introvert where 
again, like you kind of surround yourself with people and your support and like your routines and like, you have to have that. Right. But a lot of times we surround ourselves with people that might be a little bit too much like us. And that's one of the most powerful things I've seen is we have like people from every walk of life. We've had a you know 57 year old lady on a trip with a 19 year old and, and they formed an incredible bond or, you know, a, an extreme Democrat and liberal. And it, we bring these people together because just, you know, anyone can sign up with this common denominator of loving people. And as you start realizing, like, we love adventure, we love people, start realizing all these little details that we sometimes focus on in life really aren't that important. When you have a really great person that wants to see you succeed, and it's like, how can I support you? How can I love you? You just get these like magical connections because two, they give you such a different perspective because they're from such a different walk of life. And there's so much beauty in that. If you can lean into that, embrace it and don't take anything personally, you know, it's like, they have their opinion and their perspective. And like, what can you learn from that? And one thing that I personally over these trips have learned is my rule is every single person has value. Every single person has something to contribute. And what is that? What is that unique perspective? What is that um, piece of gold that I can find? What is that thing in them that I just love or can encourage them in that? you know, and, and help them find their true self. And when you start just looking at these things, like people really aren't that different. And we all just want to connect. We want to belong. We want to help other people. People are genuinely good. And I think sometimes we get these ideas that there's good people and bad people. And I think that that is so false. I think that there's so many people that want to do the right thing, but get caught in bad situations or they panic panic, make decisions. Like we've all done that. Like you don't know what to do when you just make a decision. You're like, Oh shit, that was the wrong one. <laughs> you know, like, and then you learn from it mm. and just to have grace for each other to go through that process and have grace for yourself to go through that process. Like we're all just people trying our best. And so it's really fun to see these people come together and we create that space and we set those expectations. Like I just talked about to, for people to belong and people have embraced this idea and they really embody that, that what we call like the spirit of Ivy to each other, where they set aside these other things that seem to be so polarizing in the news or so polarizing in your mind sometimes. But when it comes down to it, like you are a kick-ass person, like making waves, helping people, loving each other. Like, what am I getting hung up on? You know, and you can start to see past those things. And so we've had people come on these and we've had, you know, someone after an Ivy trip, she actually quit her job and started doing her own company, which she had been putting off for years, but she got these people in her life that saw this in her and encouraged her. And we have people that form lifelong relationships with someone that they've never met before. So it's really a unique business model. I always say there's such easier ways to make money. You know, we're managing people, and logistics, which are two of the biggest variables you could possibly choose, especially with COVID, you know? Um, but I think that's the magic of it. So many people shy away from those hard things. Yeah, there's simpler ways to make money. There's different ways to do things, but that's not what we're passionate about. We're passionate about people and connection and travel. And I think that that is a magical place to put yourself when you're trying to find alignment in your life. Mm. I think it's such a cool 
concept of just providing these adventures and opportunities for people. You're creating this space, as you said, for people to come together. And I love the the spirit of Ivy and you know, it's about embracing the adventure, not just embracing the adventure of where you're going to and, you know, the excursions and things that you'll be doing along the way. A lot of the adventure is also embracing the people in this new community that you're forming, these new relationships of people around you. Because if you don't go into, especially an opportunity such as this, but really any opportunity, if you don't go into it with open arms and just the idea to be open and willing to listen and learn, you're not going to get as much out of it as you could. And so going into this open-minded and ready to connect and create these new relationships and opportunities, it's probably such a powerful thing to get to be there and see different groups of people from all walks of lives come together and just really connect and grow and learn so much about themselves and each other. And I just think it's so cool. And I love getting to hear about it. And what an empowering thing to learn that someone that came on one of your offerings was able to learn so much about herself to finally take that leap of faith and trust her gut and doing the thing that she always felt called to do. Yeah. We've had a lot of people that have made big life decisions after one of our trips, because they were able to, again, like that moment that I had with my eulogy, this is who, this is what I want to align my life with. And when you're out of your rut, you feel when you're coming back from a trip, there's always this moment of something that you dread, something that you're excited for. You know, whenever I come back from a trip, I'm excited to see my kids. I'm excited for my bed. Like I'm excited to get to work on my next trip or I'm excited to connect with, you know, someone that I, I have a meeting with. And then there's things that you find you're dreading. And, you know, sometimes that used to be going back to your job, going back to your spouse, going back to whatever that thing is that needs to shift. And it doesn't mean that you quit your job or, you know, you, you get a divorce right away, but it's examine that where are those feelings coming from? And does it need to shift a little bit? Do you need to get hiking poles for your relationship, you know, and like make a little adjustment or set a boundary or whatever that thing is? Like, what are those things that you're coming back to that are actually draining you and holding you back from living that life that you're just vibrant with? And so it is, it's, it's one of my favorite things in the entire world is watching people just fly like the way that they were meant to. And knowing that like, we're helping them do that. It just, it, it makes my, I get goosebumps everywhere. Every time someone has one of these experiences, because I think just like you creating ripples, right? I, growing up, I wanted to have this huge impact, but it's not for me necessarily to do all of these things. It's up to all of us doing what's in front of us, touching the next life next to us. And they're touching the next life and there. And, and it's just, it is this ripple effect where I just want to get people vibrating those ripples out further and further. And if they're doing that, we are making the world a better place altogether. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like this huge burden, crazy thing. It's just taking what's in front of you and trusting that that's going to make the biggest difference. That's amazing. And I, I have one more question and I'm just curious your thought on, you know, if someone is so like, I'm super like inspired by what you're talking about and what your passion and your goal is through what the Ivy brand does and just in your life in general. And, you know, if someone listening is curious, you know, where do they start? Like what, 
obviously they should go on one of these adventures because it sounds amazing. I'm going to have to connect with you when we get off, but you know, where (laughs) could they start right now today? What would be some suggestions that you might have for them in a way that they can start to make them shift, make those shifts for themselves to have a better understanding of what in their life is lighting them up and what maybe is draining them from living out that life of that high vibration. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm trying to think about that. I'm going, gosh, where do you start? Cause you know, I'm looking back at my journey and again, it's so hard to come up with some kind of formula mm-hmm. because everyone's so different and their brains work so different, but maybe even start with writing out your fears, <laughs> you know, fears say a lot about where you're at in life make a list of your fears on one side, and then maybe that'll start pointing you in, in what your hopes are as well. And if you, if fear and limitations were not a factor, what would your eulogy be? And maybe start there, take a day, maybe don't go on a, a trip. You know, I know that not everyone can afford to go on a trip or wants to go on one of our trips, but, or is able to with COVID, but, you know, maybe take a day trip, find somewhere quiet or play music. Music helps me process and think, and it triggers thoughts. You know, if you don't do well in silence, um, that's okay. Find whatever way just, you can kind of float off in your brain and dream a little. One of my favorite words is possibilities. (laughs) What are the possibilities for your life? And really just start writing those down. And then when you start feeling that, that vibration, that yes, those goosebumps, those tears, whatever it is, you're going to know it. You're going to know, yes, this is it. And if you don't, that's okay too. For so long, it's like, what is my thing? What is my thing? Like, damn it. I want to figure out my thing. And you know what? It's sometimes there's not this clear answer. It's what are the opportunities in front of me that I currently have in evaluating those, or do I need to go look for some opportunities or, you know, just start asking these questions, these hard questions sometimes that might not come easy in your everyday life, but start just dreaming a little bit. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always such an adventure. And I would say the other thing too, is take a look at your circles. Once you, once you kind of know that that's the next step is what is your circle doing? Is it, where's that leading you? And do you have the right people in the right seat? I'd say that was like some of the biggest changes when I first started this journey. Um, that really made a difference too. And it was even after that, that I started realizing what I, what was possible in front of me, because at the time nothing seemed possible. I feel like I couldn't even dream because I was so protecting myself from the the storms that life had, that I was just in survival mode. And when I was in survival mode, and I think a lot of people will sometimes go there naturally to protect themselves when you're in a a difficult relationship, or you're surrounding yourself with people that are, are bringing you down. They can't see that gem inside of you. They can't see that passion inside of you. They're not, they're not helping you with that next step. Sometimes just nothing feels like it's the right answer. And as I have gotten the right people in the right seats, like, especially my husband now, like he's always the first one go try it who cares if you fail? Because he knows that about me. I'm like, he knows I'll be okay. And he knows he's there to support me. And, you know, my brother, Steve, who's also my business partner, I'll go, Steve, man, I'm really struggling because Sarah, just, just do it, you know, or whatever you get those people. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, 
I can do it. Cause sometimes you just need permission from someone other than yourself to really take those steps. And once I started getting these people in my life that were in the right seats that were going, yes, you can do it. And they're cheerleading. You want to start dreaming a little bit bigger. I started dreaming a little bit brighter. I started realizing that these things that were in my heart really were possible. So I would say that's the next step, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, it all, that all makes sense. And I think it's such a great starting point for anybody. I'm just like listening to you and everything that you're saying, I'm feeling so inspired. And I think sometimes it can be like, oh, okay, I, I, I want to do this big thing, but I love the idea of just stepping back and starting small. You know, if you're feeling inspired from what Sarah is talking about, take that time for yourself, go on that walk, take that music break, go maybe on a mini day trip, whatever it is to take that time for yourself to really look at, you know, what are your dreams? What are the possibilities that are out there? And then coming back to your community and your circle and who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, the, the last question that I have for you, Sarah is, and you kind of already alluded to it, but what is the ripple that you want to create? I, <laughs> I want so many ripples. I'm not, I'm not an, or person like, do you want ice cream or a brownie? I'm like, I want ice cream and a brownie. <laughs> like I want it all. And I'm just like, no, nothing held back full in. I want people to love each other. I want people to inspire each other. I want people to love themselves. I want people to sleep good at night. I want people to just live their best lives. Like I want it all. I want every good thing for every person. And I'm like, whatever I can do to be a part of that, I'm going to give it everything I've got because we've just got one life and it is short and it is precious. And I want to help you go for it, whatever that looks like. I'm like, I'm in, I'm down. If I can't help you, I'll try to find someone that can, you know, and obviously time and capacity are a factor, but like, I want people to feel empowered themselves. I want people to empower other people. I want other people to want it all too. I want other people to want everyone else to want it all. And I think sometimes in life, it's like, we think there's a winner or a loser. And I think that that's complete BS. I, I think we can all win together and we can all cheer each other on and we can all come together and just celebrate this life, make the best out of it that we can. Yes. That's amazing for all of the listeners. Where can they find you and connect with you along with where can they find more information about the Ivy brand? Sure. So my personal Instagram is sweet Sarah line (laughs) and where Instagram is at the Ivy brand. It's I-V-Y-B-R-A-N-D. We have our links on there, our website that's there. We don't just do trips that any individuals can join. We also do exclusive trips. So if you have a group of people, you have a group of coworkers, leadership teams, uh, exclusive groups, we also curate trips for those people to connect at a deeper level. Or if this is something where you're like, yes, I need this in my life, we can come up with workshops. We can do a lot of different customizable things. And all of that is available just through contacting us, going to our Instagram or to our website and just starting that conversation. And we'll kind of walk through some of these things. What is it that you want? What is your outcome? And then we design a trip around that. We go, do you want to be inspired? Do you want some crazy adventure? Do you want more? You know, like, what is it that it's going to make you vibe? And then we actually come up with a trip that's specific to that. In addition to our um, just trips that anyone can join and then our humanitarian trips as well. So there's a lot of different ways, but we're all things travel. 
So you can just check us out on Instagram or on our website. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode for creating ripples. It was awesome getting to chat with you and hear more about your story and the Ivy brand. And for all of our listeners, make sure you go check Sarah and the Ivy brand out until next time. Let's go out and start creating ripples. 